Hey, Tim. Hey, Dan. How are you? Good. You want to hear a joke? Of course. Uh, why shouldn't you trust an atom? Uh, I'm not sure. Because they make up everything. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, uh, hi, this is Tim. This is just a heads up that all the advice you're hearing in this podcast is general in nature. If you want something more specific, then feel free to contact us. Drunk accountant, drunk account, drunk, drunk, to drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk account, drunk, drunk, to drunk account, drunk account, drunk account, drunk account, drunk account, drunk account. Hello and welcome to the podcast. My name is Dan. And I'm Tim. And we're here today with Josh Robb, director of SB Partners. Thanks for being with us, Josh. Thanks for having me on, guys. That's all right. How did you enjoy that joke, Josh? It was better than I expected. <laughs> <laughs> See, Dan, Dan has a habit of dropping these science jokes. And, uh, they are my preferred joke. I'm not sure about them, but yeah, they make me laugh. Yeah. So, Look, it wasn't a dad joke. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah. Dan, <laughs> the reason why, Tim, I always drop the same science jokes, one, because I think they're funny, but two, because I look on the one page, that's where I get all these jokes from. This is one, and I'm just going down the <laughs> <Nice>. list. <laughs> Yeah, so your jokes are on a, like a science jokes page. Yeah. Mine are like 21 weird yeah. shit jokes. <laughs> it's an accurate description of your jokes. <laughs> My jokes have been very strange. Um, so, we're here on the podcast today to talk about all the changes that have been happening in the insolvency space um, since we last spoke to Josh uh, right at the beginning of COVID. So, obviously, yeah. there's been a number of things happened, some new legislation, some new regulations and things around it. So, I'm looking forward to dive into that. But first, Tim, what, what is, is the, the Tim, Tim and Dan? Dan that was very short. You really cut that off then. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. I was waiting for the long haul. Short and sharp. Yeah. Uh, Tim, how's your week? It's been great. Uh, getting on top of my neck. I've got a big neck problem at the moment, Josh, because I turned 30 last week. Yeah, it's so, all downhill. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I warned him. I said, the moment you turn 30, injury. And literally the next day, injury. Yeah, my neck. So, uh, yeah, I guess I got about six needles in the neck from my friend, good friend Michael, man on the street yesterday. Yeah. So, yeah, have He's you an accountant you? as well. <laughs> yeah. We are talking ac- acupuncture, aren't yeah. we? <laughs> it's like it's dry needling and, and it just like hits these muscles. And it's really unpleasant. It makes me sweat all over. <laughs> yeah, it does. But it really works. It really works. A few hours later, it's like deep tissue massage and everything just releases. So, I rate it. I'll, I'll trust you on that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's unpleasant, no good. but productive. Yeah. What about you, Dan? Uh, yeah, my week's been pretty good. Pretty good. I went for a big bike ride. This is a bike update. Um, <laughs> well, I've, forgotten the, I've forgotten the tune that I sang, uh, but there is a bike update tune. Uh, when... Not on my bike, though. I've run into a little snag. Run into a little snag <laughs> with my bike repairs. We all knew this was coming. Yeah. The issue that I've come up with is, so, the, as I said last time, the, the front wheel, all new spokes, nice and straight, true as anything. Yeah. Um, the back wheel, you have to take off the back cassette, to, which is where the cog is, to uh, replace the spokes. Mm. And that has rusted shut. <laughs> So, Your I've bike. been like spraying it with WD-40. I bought the specialized tool to like undo it and it just won't budge. Um, I'm hitting my head against a wall at the moment <laughs> trying to figure out what to do next. I'm, I'm hoping, I'm, I think I might just go to like Bunnings and just say, I need like a rust remover, pour it into a bucket, put the whole thing in the bucket, leave yeah. it for a day yeah. and then see if it turns. Could you just buy new parts? So, yes, 
I could. Is it expensive? But to replace that part, because it, it's attached to the axle. Yeah, okay. So I'd need to buy the cassette and the axle. Mm. Whereas all I need is just to take that off. Because yeah. it, the cogs themselves are fine. They're yeah. just a little rusty, but they're fine. And um, they're not too worn down or anything. Um, anyway, long story <laughs> short, I've hit a snag. But I went for a bike ride on, uh, on Kat's bike and she, uh, she rode her new bike. Yeah. Yeah, we went on a 20K. It was nice. That's pretty, that's pretty productive. Yeah. I, I know you also did a lot of working out over the weekend too. So I did. That's, you guys did. did well. Did. did it's did, impressive. Did. And your 30th birthday. Yes. We had a bit of a long afternoon on Saturday, Josh. So, <laughs> um, but it was fun. It was mm. very fun. Lots of drinks had, especially by me. So, mm. Just yes. be prepared. Hangovers get worse. <laughs> oh, They're <laughs> harder to deal with. Yeah. I think I've still hung over. <laughs> no. <laughs> no it definitely didn't help the neck though. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Because it felt like so loose on Saturday night. <laughs> yeah. I think there was at one point though, Tim, you were trying to impersonate a kookaburra and you were definitely like flinging your head back when you were doing it. <laughs> and I think that could have hurt your neck. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> I did forget about that. That, that really did happen. <laughs> Josh, what's been happening with you? Uh, not a lot. Yeah. I also tried to be active on the weekend. Okay. I um, thought I'd do some gardening, oh, get all that sorted. And yeah. Uh, didn't think about the fact that it was quite hot yeah, outside. Yes, yeah. Yes, so I nice. am now burnt to a crisp. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pretty sure if I took my shirt off, I'd light up this room like a Christmas tree. You look like our neon light over here. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Except for the fact I had a singlet on. So it's a mix between oh, bright, ro- bright nice. white and nice. bright red. That's classic. <laughs> There's, no, there's nothing worse than when you're just not expecting it to be as hot as it is and then all of a sudden you're, you're burnt to a crisp. I think if, if it was on Sunday, it was a little cloudy as well. And that's extra dangerous. Yeah. See, so I've got the Sunday. English skin. Yeah. So yeah. I burn very quickly. Okay. Um, but I just thought, oh, this is good. I've, you know, I felt like I'd exercise. I was a bit tight, but thought this would be good until I got in the shower and Eesh. that hot water kind oh, of no. made me realize Not that good. I was burnt a lot more than what I thought. <laughs> that good. is the moment, you know, like you think, you know, you've gone to the beach and you're like, oh, you know, I feel like I got a little bit burnt, but I'm okay. Yeah. You get in that shower and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm in trouble. <laughs> I have had this realization a number of times. And one time I'm pretty sure I got third degree burns on my entire back. Um, <laughs> and it felt like a few days later I had ants crawling under my skin, which was not a good feeling. That's what I've got now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like itchy. Yeah. It's just so itchy. And you peel. Yeah. So not pleasant. Not pleasant. Well, I mean, you can tell it's summer right now based on the cicada noises. Yeah. You can the microphone really picks that microphone? up, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Is that what I can hear? Then? Yeah. <laughs> it's the trees behind the office here. Yeah. In the morning, though, I walk outside and it's like a wall of sound hits me. It's yeah. just because I live quite so close loud. to the bush and it's just yeah. cicada. It's so loud. So loud. Yeah. I swear every few years they're louder than other years. Mm. I know that every seven or whatever yeah. they're meant yeah. to yeah. whatever. But yeah, this year in particular, they're quite loud. Mm. Hmm. Anyway, that's good. That's yeah, cool. Uh, business update. Business update. We've got a couple, bit of random ones today. Yeah, um, we do. Dan, you said you had one. Yeah, I, I have just a, a general comment, at something to discuss um, and a topic here. Okay, I like this. I like discussion. Points. So, we, we know that in the US, they have Thanksgiving. And yes, then after yes. Thanksgiving, they have a big sales event, which they call don't, Black Friday. Don't steal my title, Steve. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad I brought this up then. Yeah. Um, I just want to, and, and so we don't have, if, you, if you're listening overseas, which we have, you know, all, mm. all five of you listening in the US, <laughs> um, we don't celebrate Thanksgiving here because it's a US holiday. Uh, 
And so we don't have Black Friday, but all mm. of a sudden in the past few years, everyone is doing Black Friday. Every sales. online retailer, and, it, and it's mainly because a lot of these retailers are from the US that just mm. operate here. Mm. Now they have Black Friday sales. Mm. Um, and it goes all the way through to Monday, and there's the Cyber Monday or whatever they call it. How do we feel about this? Because I, I was reading about Black Friday, and it's meant to, you know, it's it's kind of mm. the unofficial start of the Christmas shopping period. Right. That's why, you know, okay. it's like a big... Right. I'm sure it has some other meaning, but that's really why they do it. I feel fine about it, mainly because I'm all for discounts. <laughs> But I do question. I do question whether or not they're genuine discounts. Yeah, I, I feel like, I feel like that too. I feel like everyone jumps on the bandwagon and just says twenty five percent off, but secretly they've pushed their prices up twenty percent mm, yeah. <laughs> right before. I agree with that. Yeah, or, or it's just all the shit products. Like it's <laughs> like yeah. you go to like a Black Friday sales, click now, and you click on it, and it's like a book you'd never heard of that no one's bought, that they bought way too many copies of and now they're trying to flog it off. And it's like, yeah. no, I'm not buying that. Yeah. Do you know what they do though? They get you into the store. Yeah, that's true. Mm. So you're going to go, I'm going to go and get this. Yeah. Then you get in there and go, oh, actually it's not what I want. Yeah, but, but I you will walk out with 10 other things yeah. Yeah. that you didn't need. Mm, it, does work, it does work. So even um, today, I got a message from... Um, Kogan? Verve Fitness, nah. actually. Because I bought like a rig before COVID, luckily. Because now they're all sold out. Like they sell online um, fitness equipment and they're sold out until February. It's I've just pre-ordering now. I've, so. I've got to work for my rig. <laughs> <laughs> I just pay for mine. <laughs> and it's still no good. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway. So they sent me a message, direct message. They, they paid to do that. Through Facebook. I've never experienced that before. And they're like, Black Friday sales. Oh, wait, so a message through, not, not a text message, a Facebook message. Facebook message in right. Messenger. And it was like, Black Friday sale. But it did get me on the website. And then I just started looking at junk. And I was like, oh, maybe I could buy some dumbbells. I didn't think the discount <laughs> yeah. was even that How big. How much did you buy? I, I haven't <laughs> bought any yet. But um, I should. I really should. Because it'll probably improve my rig. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I... Um, I'm all about stimulating the economy right now. So anything that gets more people buying is great. But just my, my concept really was just the overall idea of us mm. adopting US sales events yeah. um, that have no real meaning or relevance yeah. here. And right, there's an example. Verve Fitness is an Australian business. Yeah. And they are doing the Black Friday sales. Mm. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's really successful. Is it a successful thing for them? I'd love to hear if there's anyone who's listening that does have a business that's running Black Friday sales. Does it work? I'd love to know if mm. it's if there's a jump in sales. See the the difference is though the the thing for me is I'm a bit of a hypocrite because I also have no problem adopting US holidays like Halloween. I think we should yeah. all go trick or treating. <laughs> See, I'm more questionable about trick-or-treating than Black Friday sales. I want to go trick-or-treating. <laughs> I mean, you do. Look at the Halloween parties they have mm. over there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They take all day just to get dressed up and get ready for yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. That is cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's a public holiday, though. So, if, mm. if we had a public holiday, I'd probably spend I'd all day getting yeah. ready for it, too. And we chocolate. Let's right. not forget the chocolate. <laughs> Let's do it. I reckon. <laughs> I'm calling it next year, public holiday. Halloween. Let's everyone take the day off. Yeah. And do Halloween. Absolutely. We need another. Like Victorians take a day off for the AFL Grand Final. They so. take a they take a day off every time there's a sports event. Down there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know. Like our Brisbane office, Queensland has that many public holidays, and it's like Ecker Day. Ecker. I have no idea what that is. That's a. It's like their Easter show or something. It's not like it's like a, a show day or something. Yeah. Show day. Well, Newcastle. Hey. You can't no. really complain about that. We You've have got not had that for five years, all right? <laughs> oh, really? 
We haven't had that, that for five years. Yeah, I always used to like be like, what is this Newcastle show day? What? Did everyone in people Newcastle in Newcastle got, got a day, day off? off? Really? Yeah. yeah. For, I think it was three or four years in a row. Yeah. We got Newcastle show day. Yeah. All right. I'm starting a new thing. It's the Central Coast day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And everyone that's on the coast gets the day off. Great idea. Yeah. Great idea. I like it. It's every second Friday. Yeah. Um, although that means that we have to give our staff a day off. No, they won't. <laughs> <laughs> it's business owners. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just the employers. Uh, another business update is the um, ATO have sent a couple of people to jail recently. So that's interesting. That is interesting. Um, there was one guy who underreported, well, Looks like he evaded about $100,000 in tax. He's going to jail for two and a half years for that. Jeez. How do we feel? $100,000 for two and a half years in jail. It's a long time. Yeah. And another guy, I think it was like $5 million of fraud. So he, was, he had a scam. He was, he was, I guess, lodging bazers and he got $5 million worth mm. of credits that he shouldn't have. Um, I think he's going to jail for five years. See, when you put it that way... Relativity, hundred grand gets you two and a half years, but then five million gets you five. Mm. I'd probably do the five million, I, I guess. Yeah. yeah, I had to. Oh, look, if you're going to go to Don't prison, do, do it for as much as you can. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not endorsing that. No, by no, the way. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nothing in this podcast is endorsed. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know. It's just interesting to see people do go to jail for tax fraud still. Mm. You know, uh, for the hundred grand one, must have been. That sounds strange. It to me. must have been something more than yeah. just that. It must have been like a okay. very, very blatant tax fraud. Like, yeah. not just like a mistake. You know, a mistake could lead to a hundred grand yeah. over a number of years quite easily. Yeah, but it must have been something quite serious. So, at the same time, um, an article in the self-managed super um, newsletter that I receive. Uh, now could be a good time to come clean if you have anything with the ATO that uh, you've done wrong, apparently. Mm. Apparently, they're more sympathetic right now. So I feel like they're not, obviously. On the one hand, they're sending people to jail. <laughs> that was probably in play before COVID. Yeah. But during COVID, if you can raise something with the ATO, I feel like mm. they will be very sympathetic right now because they're not even chasing debts. People aren't even hearing from the ATO There's about a, debts that they owe. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah, yeah. They this are is shortly about to. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. So you would see a lot in this space, though, right, Josh? Yeah. And I think because the the ATO has gone quite or well, quiet over the yeah. the last probably six months. Definitely. But at the moment, the the because I'm on quite a few of the ATO panels. Yeah. And they're now starting to they're about to start ramping up again. Oh well. I mean, mm. we have to. We've just spent three hundred and fifty billion on. Yeah, you got to collect yeah. some of that, <laughs> some of that <laughs> cash in somehow. I mean, I am just interested to hear <clears throat> in the main topic later how the changes the government have made will actually restrict their own ability to chase debts potentially. Yep. I wonder if that's going to impact them at all. Um, there was one more business update. Maybe we can cover that off next week. Josh brought it to our attention. Actually, we can maybe Dan and I can do some research and yeah. come back onto this one. But there is a government. Um, I guess inquiry or review into the auditing industry. So it looks like it's it's changes designed to get them up to date into the new new age and using electronic processes, Mm. but trying to regulate them in the doing so. So yeah, it's quite interesting. I'm Um, supportive of change in that industry. Yeah, because it's obviously dominated by the big four. Um, So I feel sorry for them. I sympathise with them. We went through it a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They've moved on from liquidators and they're now focusing yeah. on auditors. Yeah. Oh, no, Tim. 
<laughs> well, we're next. We're next. <laughs> we are dead set next. Um, the, uh, the other thing I did remember, actually, just quickly, and I think we'll do a whole episode on this, is that the uh, the new employee wage subsidy um, passed legislation. So job maker. Um, the job maker, mm. as as it's been known. So that yep. that has passed now. It is law. Um, so we might do an entire episode dedicated to how that works and how you qualify and yep. and so forth. Yeah, that's a good idea, actually. Yeah. Mm. Cool. All right. Let's uh, go to a tight ass tip. Tight ass tip. Maybe I won't use the um, Black uh, Friday Black sales. Friday sales. I was just gonna say go and get a bargain at the Black Friday sales. Yeah, go <laughs> buy. Very tight ass tip. <laughs> which Dan stole from me. Um, okay, so how about this one? Uh, help others, and they will help you. And this is mainly designed around saving you money on manual labor. <laughs> so, if you mm. have skills. Or qualities, mm-hmm. or knowledge, yeah, or tools, yeah. or just spare time, even, and you offer that to your friends mm. or acquaintances, mm. then they are also likely to turn around and offer you help when mm. you need it. Did you go dig a hole in Orford's backyard? I was doing a lot of digging <laughs> on Sunday, um, but this is this is the thing for yeah. Orford that swings around about because he mm. once helped me for like three hours shovel mulch into my yard. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Which I could pay a gardener to do. Yeah. Or I could get the so help of la- someone else. Last week, Tim, um, I gave a tight-ass tip around fixing my bike up and buying the parts yourself. And you said, <laughs> how much do you value your time though, Dan? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, how long have you spent on this bike? But, but no, <laughs> let's not go back to that. What I'm saying is if you're giving all your time to go help your friends dig holes, yeah, what do you value your time, Tim? You're right. I mean, like there is definitely a trade-off there. Um, and perhaps you don't want to be giving away your main skill. Like, for example, Again. I'm not going to be going around <laughs> <laughs> offering tax returns to all my friends because then yeah. where do you draw the line? Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's something like, you know, a bit of painting or a bit of shoveling, I feel like that's quite a rewarding experience, but also can save you money mm. in, in the future because you're like calling in favors. Yeah. Nah, I, and this I, is I, why I one. no one ever offers to help you, Dan. Because <laughs> I don't need help, Tim. <laughs> I don't think I could even help you with your bike anyway. No. I, I just think you're going to buy a new bike. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm getting out of this. Nope. I'm going to get this fixed. <laughs> yeah. So, another person who we've had on the podcast in the past messaged me after he heard Dan's uh, embarking on this journey trying to fix his own bike to save 400 bucks. And he, and he said, maybe one of your topics should be the value of your time. <laughs> <laughs> And the importance of valuing your time. I consider my bike repair as a hobby. So I enjoy the time where I get to tinker. Shoveling dirt and Michael men in the street's backyard is a hobby for me. I'm actually all about helping my friends (laughs) do stuff, Tim. Uh, Where were you on Sunday? uh, I asked Orford. He said he didn't need my help. Uh, He knew knew I was better at shoveling. Yeah. That's what it was. He knew he could get some more money from you because you hurt your neck shoveling all Sunday. (laughs) Actually, that's what I said to him. I was like... (laughs) You're getting a double win here. You're getting help shoveling and you're going to have a patient tomorrow with a sore back. <laughs> That's all for the side ass, dude. Mm. All right. Well, let's, uh, should we dive into our main topic? Yeah, keen for this. As we said at the beginning, our main topic today is all around the changes that's happening in the insolvency space right now. Um, so, I guess a good place to start with is six months ago, mm. you came on the podcast right as COVID started. And we spoke about some of the things that were happening. You know, there was um, an increase in the time that you could, you had to wait before you could um, start beginning proce- um, mm. proceeding to get your debt back from people and, yeah. and all sorts of things like that, that 
they implemented right at the start of COVID. But wh- where are we now? Mm. Uh, still in the middle of mm. the mess yeah. that COVID's yeah. caused. Okay. Um, I think if we're talking on the topic of the delay, yeah. uh, we only just had some new legislation or draft legislation come out last week. Mm. Um, part of that is saying that that because of where they increased the ability to recover from, I think, five grand in bankruptcy, two grand corporate, up to the 20 grand limit, mm. and the six months is still going to be in play until 31 July next yeah, year. Yeah, right. Um, which nobody expected. We thought it was all kind of finishing yeah. 31 December with a lot of other things, but mm. um, this piece of legislation that I read this week just pretty much said it, it ends on this date mm. and didn't really say whether they were continuing, whether they were getting somebody else mm. to look at it, but... Interesting. That, which is going to be hard because we've mm. got the, the insolvent trading moratorium finishing on the 31st of December. Yeah. But then your ability to pursue somebody is still pushed out till July. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a half. Half. I suppose $2,000 isn't a lot of money though for the original rules. I suppose that probably needed to be updated at some point. Yeah, they increased the bankruptcy one up mm. to five grand because it used to be, I think, two. Yeah. Um, they did that a few years ago for the same reason. They said mm. it's, it's not a lot of money. Yeah. Um, but it's hard because there are people out there who go, look, we're not going to, we're not going to pursue it. Mm. Or they simply go, you know what, we're not going to pay. Yeah. You owe us $1,900. Good luck. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So basically what the government um, did six months ago was say to everyone, um, well, if you've got people coming... Uh, to claim debts from you, so you owe, you owe your suppliers money or rent or whatever it may be, um, uh, instead of giving you four weeks until they can shut you down, we're going to give you six months. Yep. So um, they've now said that's going to go until the end of July. Yeah. What else did they put into this draft legislation? Or even that, the new legislation that yeah, passed. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Look, there's some doozies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can tell you that. And is it is it are they big changes, fundamental changes to the way that things have been in the past? So they put in the delay in being able to pursue people. Yeah. Um, which extending one, extending it to six months is a massive amount of time. It's huge. Um, yeah. So if you're thinking there and you're a small business yourself, in mm. okay, well they might owe me. 25 grand mm. but i need to give them six months to pay as opposed to 21 days yeah. a lot of cash for a yeah. small business a yeah. lot of cash yeah. you know that has its flow on effect yeah. uh, but they then also put in this insolvent trading moratorium yeah. so where they said you can't be held liable for insolvent trading for six months yeah, okay. um, so that went yes. from march till yes. september mm. they then said well now we're extending that out to 31 december yeah. uh, but what nobody realized and insolvency practitioners didn't even realise there was a wording error in the legislation that did it. So it wow. pretty much says that you have the protection, but if you don't put your company into administration or liquidation by 31 December, you don't get protected. You don't have that protection. Wow. So if you do it on, say, the 1st of January, you are liable for insolvent trading for this whole year. Ooh. You don't get. You don't have that protection from the moratorium. Wow. And it mm. wasn't the intention yeah. of, of Parliament to do it, but it was just the way it was worded. Um, oh, no. so, I mean, so the intention would have been that regardless of when you went in to, into it, um, if you were trading insolvent during this period, it was kind of like that's separate. 
Yeah, so we yeah. just kind of said... Regardless of when you actually went into administration or bankruptcy. So, yeah. yeah, so it just pretty much said while everything was going on, mm. it gave you a bit of a protection on mm. while you're trying to work through it to keep everything going, to keep yeah. your employees employed. Yeah. Yeah. It gave you that protection, essentially, that you mm. knew that your you personal weren't... Assets, that personal assets, your mm. personal liability wasn't going to be affected. Mm. Um, but because of the way this wording is, if you do it now after 31 December... You don't have that protection at all for this COVID period that yes. everyone thought was just a automatic protection. Yeah. So that's an important distinction to make then because anyone who thinks they may be heading down the path of bankruptcy or liquidation, needing liquidation, should really be acting now. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And I think it's a, well, it's like always it's, you know, get advice early Yeah. because you're better off to have the advice that says you don't need to do anything mm. um, rather than coming too late and going, well, there's nothing that can be done. True, true. Um, so my advice is get in early, seek the advice early because, you know, you're better off to have someone turn around and go, no, mm. you don't have to worry about this, you're all mm. good, um, as opposed to doing it on the first or after Christmas yeah. and then going, I should have just done this a week ago yeah. and I would have had the protection of the $150,000 I'm now can be held personally liable for. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can definitely see that happening to a few people, which is, yeah, a scary thought. Mm. Definitely a scary thought. Um, so, that's a big one, the personal liability. Um, do you think, how has that impacted like, those changes? Have you seen that impacting the way businesses um, or creditors in particular are behaving? So, do you feel like they're getting in quicker with, say, um, a letter of demand to start that six-month period off? Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah, they are. And I've, I've given the same advice to people in... I said, look, you've tried, they're not paying, mm. just issue the demand now to start because you months. know that your six months is there no matter what. Yeah, wow. So, where they're saying to you, I need a month, I need two months, mm. you're only then going to get to the point you're now eight months down yeah, the track. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, start it early, get it in. Mm. Um, but it's hard because it's there's the flip side of you're doing it because you're in this precarious mm, situation because of COVID. True. They can't pay you because they're in the same yeah. situation because mm. of COVID. Yeah. So it's this... It's a cycle. It's a cycle. Mm. It's round and yeah. and unfortunately what's going to happen is someone's going to push too hard yes. and you're going to have someone at the top go, okay, we need to go into administration or, yeah. or do something and then you've got Flows contractors through. and you've got subcontractors yeah. and mm. before you know it, that one decision has then flowed on to... True. Mm. to numerous other businesses too. Mm. Yeah, so there might be a whole bunch of unintended consequences to this legislation that, you know, really they're trying to give people relief but possibly could do the opposite. <laughs> yeah, and, and I know that if you, you look at JobKeeper mm. in it was only meant to go to September. Yeah. So we're expecting that, all right, it's going to get to yeah. September and we're going to see a lot more insolvency yes. activity. Yeah. Um, that was then pushed out to March with the yeah. JobKeeper 2.0. But it's going to still have that impact. Mm. All it's done is delay. Mm. I mean, the country's already in a recession. They've yeah. announced that. Yeah. And so what would have happened March 2020 mm. is now just being pushed delayed to March 2021. Yeah. So it's yeah. not the JobKeeper, yes, we needed to do something, get it in. Yeah. You know, we weren't expecting a pandemic, so mm. something had to happen. Mm. But all it's done is delay the inevitable. Yeah. It's just postponed 12 months. Yeah. Um, but just cost us and, $350 billion. And currently, if, if you were a business that um, was at that point in March um, and because of the increase 
in the personal protection and, and all that kind of, you kept the business going because you were able to keep employees on and pay them with the JobKeeper subsidies um, and you wait until March. Now, you it doesn't matter if you go into liquidation at that point or administration at that point. Yeah, as you said, they're now potentially liable for the problems instead of just going into it back then. Yeah. yeah. And then we've got, I did an article a few months ago on what we call zombie yeah. companies, yeah. Um, which are essentially businesses that, were already on that brink of going, we can't survive. Yeah, yeah. So they qualified for JobKeeper, they got JobKeeper, but they haven't reopened. Mm. But so they're now sitting there while JobKeeper's going. So mm. it's a, a dead company essentially just being kept alive by JobKeeper. Yep. And the moment JobKeeper stops, they'll fall. Yeah. They've got to go into liquidation. They don't have a choice. So I have... <coughs> Pardon me. I have a case study around that, actually, mm. which would be an interesting one to bring into the conversation now, I feel. So, a friend of mine worked in retail and it was an arts and supplies uh, business. And um, I guess I'll make the joke. She, she was having a riot over time there. Uh, anyway, um, they have gone into liquidation. Now, I think they were exactly what you're saying there. They went into liquidation probably within the last four weeks, I'd say. And it's probably because they weren't going to receive the extension of the JobKeeper. So they must have done better in sales in the September quarter than they thought they were going to do or not bad enough or, to keep or, receiving it. Or maybe the new subsidy wasn't enough to cover the decrease in true, the rates and true. things. Yeah, true, true. Maybe it just hit that point mm. where they decided we need to pull the pin. Mm. Um, so... <sighs> Is this an example of a zombie company? And what is the good side of it? And what is the bad side of it? So, like, good being my friend was employed for mm. a further three months. Um, bad being she was sitting there in a store in a very busy shopping center that on the coast. No that had no stock. <laughs> and I, I know I went into the store yeah. and there was three things on the shelf in a, you know, that yeah. would normally have thousands of products on the, on the she shelf. Said, she said on one day... They had negative sales. This is at like, imagine the rent they're paying to have mm. this store. Maybe they've negotiated a great rent deal. Oh, but, but it's somewhere like Woolworths, uh, not Woolworths, Westfield or, or Erina, yeah. um, yes. near, near where we are. Um, you know, rental in these places is 10, 15 grand, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, it's a really interesting one because I am happy that she didn't lose her job as soon as mm. COVID hit because I'm guessing that's probably the direction things were heading anyway, like you said, but... Um, I feel like that's not a great outcome either. <laughs> no, it's, and I think this is probably one of those examples on it would have happened earlier this year if COVID mm. didn't hit. Yeah, It was exactly. just one of those, probably yeah. one of those industries. I mean, yeah. retail is a massive one yeah. that was coming towards that anyway. So yeah. Yeah. it probably would have happened regardless. Yeah. Just job keepers kind of kept it yeah. going. Yeah. Um, so the positive from that is the employees are still they've still got their wage every week, yeah. uh, which is great because, yeah. you know, the last thing you want to do is yeah. be left without a job during a, a global pandemic. So for yeah. sure, for sure. That's a, yeah. It's a great outcome in, in from that aspect. But Definitely is, yeah. So that's the government's main priority. Yeah. And then I guess it gave the employers um, the confidence that by continuing on and possibly incurring more debts, from rent, from suppliers. Obviously, they weren't buying stock. so. They <laughs> but it gave them confidence that they weren't going to be personally liable yeah. by continuing to trade when they knew 
that they were just going to be shutting this business and down. And so that's where, under a normal circumstance, if that had kept happening, your director would be liable yeah. mm. for the insolvent trading. Yeah. So having that moratorium that's in, that mm. I mean, we don't know, like this company may have got to the point where it went, yeah. okay, hang on, they've found out that this protection isn't there like they thought. Yes. Mm. Yeah. And just went, well, we proceeded on this basis, yeah. you know, to keep people employed, mm. keep it going. They don't have the personal liability of running that risk mm. to then find out, well, hang on, if you don't do it something before 31 December, mm. yeah, you do. Yeah. That may have been the tipping point sure. for them that yeah. just went, look, they don't want to end up being personally liable for even more. Yeah. So just pull the pin essentially. And mm. So do you see the FEG being very busy? Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so for those who don't know what the FEG is, give yes. us a summary. Yeah. Uh, so the FEG is the Fair Entitlement Guarantee Scheme. Yeah. Um, it's pretty much the government safety net. So mm-hmm. government jumps in, pays employee entitlements when there's not enough money. So that yeah. way employees aren't, um, well, they don't lose out by it. Yeah. Uh, downside of FEG is they don't cover super. Ah. That's the the only liability that they Dang. do not cover. There you go. Yeah, but so, so they would cover just say un unpaid regular wages, uh, leave entitlements, that kind of thing. Yeah, so they yeah. cover your wages, mm. RDOs, yeah. um, annual leave, long service, redundancy, mm-hmm. yeah. payment in lieu. Nice. Um, the only thing they also don't cover is sick leave. Yeah, no. that's not paid well, out when you leave, anyways. Yeah. Most of the time, unless yeah. you took sick leave, which wasn't paid. Yeah, because yeah, then that'll come under unpaid wages. Mm. Yeah, okay. Because just to give a bit of background on that, I had a company recently yep. um, that under their award, they're entitled to sick leave. Oh, wow. So they get yeah. their sick leave paid out on wow. a liquidation. Wow. Right. Um, which doesn't happen very often at yeah, all. That's mm. rare, uh, yeah, that's right. But in this instance, we were talking, there was about 40 grand's worth of sick leave that this company had to pay out. Yeah. Um, and Feg had come in and said, we, it doesn't mean they're not a priority in the liquidation. Yeah. They just don't cover it under their safety net. Yeah, okay. So they could still get 20 cents in the dollar of the sick yep. leave that they're owed. But, mm. Yeah, so they still get it in, in priority to tax debts, things okay. like that. But yeah. they just don't get that safety yeah. net. Mm. So the next step for that company will be it's going to go into liquidation. Feg will get involved. They'll, they'll pay the employee entitlements out. Um, what... <sighs> For people out there that might be seeing this happening, and this is obviously going to become more and more regular, what's the case where then you see them continuing to trade under an online retail platform? Is that is that sus? And that could be known as phoenixing, I suppose. Yeah. So, it, it depends on how they've done it. If yeah. they've restructured their business, so it's still the same company doing it, yeah. um, that's just a different method of, mm, of their yeah. sales. Yes. Um, the phoenixing comes in if they've got, say, ABC yeah. and then just literally transferred it to XYZ Proprietary Limited yeah. and yeah. have started online sales yeah. as opposed to a store. So it is possible to liquidate elements of your business and and keep that um, yeah. online so sales. So you can either do going. administration and do that mm. like kind of restructure mm. that way mm. um, or... You can just literally say, cut, shut down your company, put it into liquidation, yep. start another one yep. that then does just online sales. Yeah. Um, you just need to, those anti-phoenixing laws come yep. in where yep. you're transferring the assets from one. You need across. to pay a, pay a fair price. You need to pay the fair price. Yeah, okay. Um, if you don't and you're just starting the online as a new business, yep. there's no phoenixing in because you haven't transferred assets, you haven't yeah. done anything, you've left it all. Yeah, okay. 
There you go. Yeah. So I think that's going to become, especially in retail, imagine how common that is going to be. Um, recently, we were even in Byron Bay and um, uh, the girls went to a like a bikini shop and they closed 31 of their 35 stores. Um, and so they're just moving to, f- everyone is going to be moving to fully online stores. Mm. And I think they're going to have these um, small numbers of, um, really high quality, um, almost like show stores. So like really get excite people about the brand. It'll be a marketing exercise. Basically. It's kind of like the, the shop um, front will be a marketing exercise. The Apple stores. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes, exactly like that. It's going to be mm. an extension of the brand, but mm. not really their main selling tool. Because mm. they were going into these places uh, in Byron where a lot of these brands you know, have their home and um, they didn't have any stock. <laughs> They're like, just buy it online. <laughs> Try this on for sizing and buy that style online. <laughs> I mean, I can't say too much on this, but we recently got appointed administrator to a high-end fashion yeah, design. Right. Yep. Um, had numerous stores all around the country. Yeah. Um, and it turns out their online sales was like 80% wow. of their turnover. Yeah. Mm. So this is a change that a lot of them when you're looking to make. At, like, Dan said, when you're looking at your rent in your Westfield, your mm. GPTs, yeah. it's not covering the rent because people mm. are going, they're seeing it in magazines, they're doing it going, I know I'm a size 10, so jump yeah. online, gets delivered to you the next day. Yeah. Yes. That is the future of it, really. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so what other changes and um, what is the path forward that you see from here? So... The path forward is going to be you've got your standard liquidations, yeah. administrations, nothing is changing yeah. on that. Um, the government has proposed some new legislations under yeah. their, what I call the Insolvency Amendment Act. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's actually something like the Corporations Some big Amendment boring long name, or yeah. Something yeah. like that <laughs> um, with a bunch of rules and regulations yeah. that go with it. Yeah. Um, they're proposing that comes in on the 1st of January, yeah. uh, which is slightly concerning because like I mentioned earlier, there's some doozies mm. in the legislation mm. that got released last week and I think Parliament is dissolved in like the first week of December. Yeah. yeah. So you're in a bit of a bind in terms mm. of getting this done. Yeah. Um, but part of that is they're doing what's called a small business restructuring plan. Okay. Um, so it's kind of like, you think of like an administration as doing a big restructure of your company. Yeah. It's like a mini cool. administration. Okay, yeah. Um. So it's where you just kind of, the directors have to say they've met certain criteria. Yeah, right. Um, then you've got, so let's just say it's me, I get appointed to it. Yep. I've got 20, so I don't run the company like mm-hmm. an administration. Director yep. still runs it. I just act as an agent okay. per se. Yep. And the director puts forward this plan. So yep. he's got 20 business days to mm-hmm. put forward a plan. Right. I then have to certify it to say, yeah. yes, it's viable yeah. or no, it's not. Yeah, right. And then you've got to give creditors 15 business days to resolve it. Yeah, um, right. So it's kind of like a informal but informal yeah. arrangement. It's like a DIY administration. Yeah. Um, ticked off by a liquidator who can help like guide them through the process. Yeah, I said, but then part of this, the doozy that I was saying in this is you've got to say whether or not it's a viable plan, mm. but you don't... So things like voidable transactions, like uncommercial, where yeah. if the directors transferred half a million dollars yeah. to themselves, yeah. you don't report on any of that. Yeah. So you say whether this plan is viable or not, but you don't at that same time go, if the company went into liquidation, 
all these transactions get overturned, mm. the director's taken money, pull money back. Mm. So you could be getting, let's just say, six cents in the dollar under this plan. Yeah, okay. But we know as practitioners, because yep. you've still got to look at it, that yeah. they could get 45 cents in a liquidation scenario, <laughs> but the new legislation doesn't allow you to say... Tell the creditors. Yeah, that. it doesn't allow you to tell the creditors that, hang on, this is six cents, but you will get 45. Wow. You just need to say whether or not the six cents is viable. Yeah, whether or not it could actually work. Yeah. yeah. And That's interesting. Part of this other, because they've defined this small business restructuring professional yeah. as an accountant, so CA, CPA, or an IPA. Um, but then you need to prove to a committee to get registered yeah, that right. you have sufficient knowledge and capabilities to undertake the role and duties of a registered liquidator. So, so you could have non-liquidators. So you can have non-liquidators registered to do this. But, so they could be non-liquidators registered to do it, but they have to prove to a committee that they'd have the, they have the <laughs> skills and ability of a registered liquidator. Yeah. So you might as well just register as a... Like <laughs> yeah, so it's someone like me who's a registered liquidator. Yeah, I can yeah. do it. I don't need to sit before this Which was committee. an extremely difficult process to, to do. Very difficult. Yes, mm. yeah. Um, so you go through this and then... They've come up with this small business practitioner mm. that, again, doesn't really make much sense because mm. you may as well have just said a liquidator mm. needs to do it. Yeah. Um, but then part of this new legislation is they've got what's called excluded creditors. Mm-hmm. So that is the director, directors related entities, yeah. the small business practitioner uh-huh. and the small business practitioner's entities. Right. So part of the law is going... Well, you can be a creditor yourself yeah. or your entities can be a creditor yeah. of this company, yeah. but you can still be the practitioner that says yeah, you, can, you can verify this plan. Oh, interesting. I get you. So, <clears throat> it'd be like if Dan and I had a client mm. that owed us 15 grand for accounting work yeah. and then we're like, oh, there's this new small business administration thing we could do let us go register for this and then help you yeah. trade so, your way out yeah. of this so you can go before the committee they go yes we're satisfied you can yeah. do the roles and responsibilities yeah so then you go and say to your client whether or not <laughs> your client's creditors whether or not it's viable yeah. being a creditor yourself so yeah it's conflicted there's no independence there's no independence yeah. but then the really weird part of this legislation is as the creditor you're not entitled to get the information because you're excluded you're not entitled to vote on the plan because you're excluded, yeah. but you're entitled to participate in the return. Yeah. Wow. So, mm. so but, but how by by <laughs> by strange. signing off that it is viable, you are participating in voting <laughs> on it, and yeah. you are participating in all of it. Really, just and not that part of it. Yeah, yeah. And we've got so many requirements around being mm. independent. We can't have yeah. financial interest, things like that this piece of legislation has just thrown that independence yeah. mm. out of the window because... So, obviously, they're trying to fill a gap where there might be smaller entities that are in a bad mm. situation that, you know, if they were able to get some type of help and create a plan to work their way out of this, that would be good, but they might not be able to afford or maybe they think they can't afford a regular mm administration yeah. process yeah because they've yeah. also part of this legislation has also brought yeah. in what they're calling simplified liquidations mm, right. um, which i'll run through in a sec but yeah. following on from your point mm. is yeah i think what they're trying to do is mm. they know the insolvent trading moratorium's ending because mm. they're not this legislation doesn't extend that mm. doesn't fix the issue with um b 
being liable for yeah. it with the administration dates. Um, so I think what it's doing is they know JobKeeper 2.0 is coming to an end. Mm. Yeah. We don't physically have enough money to do another JobKeeper 3.0. Mm. Yeah. So I think they are trying to get some piece of legislation in mm. as an attempt to help and to do it, mm. but it's all just backwards. because, wow. I, And it's probably part of it doing... I'd say the word loosely, but a clean up of mm. these zombie companies because yeah. mm. they're going to meet all the criteria for it. Yeah, right. And then it's just going to be boom in, mm. done. Because um, back to, I forgot to mention, to, to be eligible, you've got to have less than a million dollars in liabilities. Yeah, right. You've got to have all your employee entitlements up to date. Yeah, okay. And you've got so to have like, all yeah. your lodgements up to date. So you've got to have paid so you got to have paid all your super yeah. paid your wages yeah. so things like annual leave long service that are accrued yeah. but they're not due because nobody's taken them yeah. Yeah. that's fine that's okay um, but you had to have paid all of the super all the super has to which be which is pretty rare i can see that a small many small businesses going under the the you know it's not a good thing <laughs> the first thing they stop paying when the first sign of trouble is they stop paying their super yeah. and yeah. having all your tax lodgements up to date yeah. i mean i've been doing this hmm. 16, 17 years or something now, mm. I have never seen a company that has had all their tax lodgements up to date yeah. and had all their employee entitlements paid. So well, you're super paid. It's because, I mean, they probably owe their accountant a lot of money and their accountant stopped yeah. doing the work. And that's the other <laughs> thing. If you're trying to qualify for this small business plan, you obviously don't have the money to go to your accountant and go, yeah. can you get my last two years worth of BASS's tax returns and all that lodged to qualify for it? Yeah. Crazy. The only person that I could see coming in and doing that is sort of someone who's a risk taker. Uh, like, I mean, providing that service to those businesses is someone who's a risk taker because they're obviously not fully um, registered in the mm. first place if they're trying to apply mm. to do this and offer a cheaper solution. Um, but that's a huge risk. How do they yeah. know they're going to get paid? And uh, I think they're going to be, it's, it's opening up to a lot more of what we call the pre-insolvency. Advisor. Yeah. So yes. you've probably heard about it. There's yep. been yep. numerous articles all over the news yep. and it's pretty much saying people who are trying to mm. do the informal insolvency side, they're not qualified to yeah. do it. They're yeah. not yeah. It'd, it'd be like me, like, yeah. yes, I'm a chartered accountant, yeah. but I don't do my own tax returns. Yeah. God yeah. help me if I tried to do my own yeah. tax returns. <laughs> <laughs> um, so to be like that, it'd yeah. be like me trying to go and do people's tax returns. Yeah. I couldn't do it. It's concerning. That's concerning. Yeah. So even like as an accountant, obviously, I mean, that doesn't excite me at all. It's not something I would like to try and help people. No, with definitely I not. I know it's such a minefield. So, um, so what was the the next part you were talking about? Um, so the simplified liquidation. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what they're trying to do is just go try to reduce the cost mm. and what's involved. Yeah. Cool. Um, there's not a lot to do. There's not much of a difference in what they're changing. Mm. Um, it's just things like you can't have a company that's done a simplified liquidation or the debt restructuring plan or be associated with an entity that has done it within seven years. Mm -hmm. So it puts a few more restrictions around that. Mm -hmm. um, but part of that is, so let's just say I get appointed liquidator and I go, it meets this qualifications. Um, the simplified liquidation would be great. I need to within make an election within 20 business days that I'm going to adopt this simplified right. approach as opposed mm. to a standard approach. Okay. Legislation is then worded that you need to give creditors 20, 20 business days mm -hmm. to vote against it. Right. But yeah, you, you mentioned this before we <laughs> recorded and simple math meant that that didn't add up. Yeah. 
So <laughs> you are never going to be able to do it mm. because you've got to go. So let's just say the 20 business days on the 21st, you can then make the decision to do it, yeah. but you're out of your 20 business day time frame. So mm. allow creditors to accept so it. It's kind of like mm. the legislation says you can't, but prevents you from doing it. <laughs> and, and I think this comes yeah. because of, it's like anything, like JobKeeper, yeah. Mm. Yeah. everything was rushed, rushed to try yeah. to get it all done. So yeah. you, you'd assume that it, uh, make an amendment of something to, to fix that, mm. lower you, one of the days. <laughs> you would hope so. Yeah. Um, but then the insolvency laws, that the um, what we call the ILRA that came in 2017, mm. that's four years ago. Mm. We're still trying to deal with wording issues yeah, and legislative right. issues then yeah. that haven't been fixed. So mm. you can't... I, get what the government's doing because they're mm. trying to put something in and there's probably going to be people out there who are going to criticize me for mm. saying that <laughs> but i get what they're doing yeah. it's just it's like anything mm. rush yeah. something in too quickly mm. there's mistakes yeah. i mean yeah the, the comparison in my mind is as you said with the job keeper and all these legislations that they pushed through you know the big omnibus with all the re- legislations in it um there were so many like this little things that just didn't fit (laughs) like someone would fit a situation and then other people would just not meet any of those categories but um or would meet one anyway the long story short it's just yeah i can see that rushing these things through because they need to do something Mm. can often mean that there are lots of little gaps and lots of problems that mean it's not going to work as efficiently as Mm. initially intended and Mm. like the government with this set of legislation gave the opportunity to put a consultation report in. Mm. I mean, they gave you a week, which was not a lot of time. Mm. Um, but we had one of our partners in Brisbane that mm. he put put it all, spent a whole week going through, like I read his paper and it was like 18 pages long of boxes with section references on why it won't apply, okay. what the issues are. So he spent mm. a lot of time doing yeah, this, yeah. submitted that. Not a single one of those. Wow. And we're a national firm. Yeah. And not a single one of those was considered. Mm. And I know quite a few other firms had done it, like bigger firms as well. Wasn't taken into account. Wow. We've now got the draft legislation. Even our insolvency body submitted theirs. And hardly any of their recommendations were taken up. Mm. And now they're asking, oh, can we get put more submissions in based on the new legislation? And we're going, well, and mm. like our insolvency bodies are about to submit theirs today. And we're looking at it going, well, you didn't take into account anything Mm. we've said to start with. Mm. We're putting it in again with the exact same issues we've identified. So what's the point, one, in asking for consultation when you don't listen? Mm. And two, you should be listening to professionals in the industry. Definitely. Or even if you don't go, okay, I'm not going to listen to, like you'll take regard to individual firms. The Australian insolvency body Mm. that pretty much assists ASIC in regulating us why would you not listen to this? Yeah, it's a concern. It's a big concern because um, this needs to be tidy before these zombie companies and hopefully, you know, hopefully not too many businesses, but before businesses start heading down this road. Otherwise, mm. people's livelihoods are really going to be shattered um, yeah. because of that whole thing of like the mistake in the legislation where your personal liability is fine if you announce it on the 31st of December. Um, that you're going into liquidation. But if you did it on the 1st of January, well, you could be personally screwed. (laughs) This was part of the first review that I did. I haven't seen if this has been fixed in it, but the first part was, let's just say you wanted to do this small business restructuring plan. 
and you go, let's just say 1st of March, you put it in, you're owed 100 grand to the 1st of March. You continue to supply, so you're now owed 150 grand. Mm. Your small business plan doesn't work, so it goes into liquidation. Right. The first round of legislation said, as at that 1st of March date, is the date that you get to claim up to. So then you go, all right, well, in the liquidation, you're saying I can claim 100 grand. What about the 50 grand that I lent during or supplies Mm. during that? Yeah. Like small business, small business plans, business. Period. Yeah. period, yeah. And because me as the practitioner, I don't have the liability like I do as an administrator, yeah, because I only act as an agent exactly. under the law. So there's this. So why why would you deal this. with anyone that's under a small business plan? So or because or it's, a, it's a huge the, risk, and or yeah. there's no um, actual liability for the agent either. Mm. So no. the agent's just giving this shonky advice potentially mm. because, I mean, it's a high-risk area who's really want to go into this nightmarish field mm. not knowing what's happening mm. and give advice for them to keep trading other than if they just want to get make quick fees. Yeah, and, and even that, like their fee structure is you get to claim a percentage of whatever is being paid out. So right. from a business point, why would I want to do it? Mm. But also from a professional point, why would I want to put myself in a position where yeah. I can be... Because as an agent, your director duties also kick in. Mm. So yeah. all those duty of care type yeah. thing, mm. I'm still liable then for it. So yeah, right. And, but I'm not in control of the company. Mm. Jeez. So why would seem I... Like it's yeah, why would you do it at, yeah. at this point? And so that's where... Like, I'd be interested to know whether mm. other people agree yeah. or disagree with it. Yeah. Um, but from what I can read, it's a, wow. it's an area that... I don't foresee working. Yeah, so uh, it could be that this legislation passed and almost no one does either of these options. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of... Uh, yeah. Well, it's basically Bob blah, blah. Yeah, Bob uh, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> Making a lot of money Throwing from nonsense. the government. <laughs> and no one's going to use it. Yeah. Uh, and that's, I guess, the risk that we're running in. You push something through too quickly mm-hmm. without proper thought. And yeah. But then, what do you do? We didn't expect ourselves to be in this position. Yeah. Mm. Personally, I'd say give it some more time. Yeah. You know, just say, look, these are the proposed laws, but with consultation, it's going to be a 1 July kicking date or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, but then I guess the government needs to do something yeah. because JobKeeper 2.0 is going to stop pretty quickly. Yeah. They may just keep extending things, but that's really just, <laughs> it's but pushing, just, just pushing yeah. the problem back. It's delaying, isn't it? delaying the issue. <laughs> And people can't keep waiting because like you said, it's a cycle and mm. the people who are waiting for payment or planning for that payment to come eventually, yeah, yeah, think, they'll yeah, have to if, go on liquidation they as keep, well. What can they push back? Because at that point, as you said, JobKeeper will stop. Um, if that's supporting anyone, at that point, they can't go any further. Yeah. So the, the liquidation is going to happen at that mm. point. So if you don't have these new laws in place by then, then... It's a black hole. Yeah. It's in between two different pieces of legislation. Exactly. Looks yeah. like someone's working over Christmas. <laughs> 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 Writing some legislation. I can see what's going to happen. I'm going to get a phone call on the 31st of December. Mm. I need to put the company to liquidation today. Turn your phones <laughs> yeah. off on the 31st. <laughs> no, I guess, you know, you could probably charge some penalty rates if, if you have to work on the 31st. <laughs> I wish I could. Yeah, yeah. I'd probably have to pay staff penalty rates. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'll definitely turn the phones off then. <clears throat> well, thanks for that update, Josh. Yeah, that's I'm really, really good. interested to see where we're at in another three months. So we'll probably check in with you again yeah. in three to six months. 
hopefully a lot of these problems have been ironed out. Mm, um, absolutely. Hopefully, blah, blah, blah does a lot of work over the Christmas break and uh, fixes these things up. Well, so Politicians can't go on holidays, can they? No. We've got nowhere to go. That's no holidays. Holidays. Yeah, true. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, as you said, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Because really, this, this will happen then over the next couple of weeks because mm. um, Has yeah, to. Parliament breaks up. Um, so, if it doesn't happen by then, the law doesn't pass. Yeah. So, oh, it'll yeah. be interesting to see, watch this space over the next few weeks and then... Uh, into the new year, we'll actually see if anyone takes these things up. I do hope it's a positive change, but it sounds like right now it's just going to make things yeah, more like, tricky. I'm, I'm all for a positive change. Mm. You know, if we can make things more simplified, because I'm the yeah. first person to say our insolvency system is overcomplicated. Yeah. yeah. Um, you look at the UK system, it's much more efficient than really? ours. Okay. And yeah. we work on a very similar yeah, <laughs> type of structure. True, true. Um, so I think any reforms that we have that can make it more simplified, then. Yeah. Yes, I'm all for it, um, but it's doing it the right way, and yeah. and rather than rushing it, making sure it's done. Yeah, exactly. Correctly. Mm. Almost like they should have done this a couple of years ago, man. <laughs> 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 that would have been smart. <laughs> that's cool. Classic. All right. Well, yeah, that's great. I think that ends our main topic for today. Let's jump into our other things. Yeah, other things. I have another thing. You go first, Dan. My other thing today is. Uh, Ready Player Two. Yeah, nice. I bought it today. Yes. It came out today. I just happened to be at the shops and I remembered it came out. So, I went to the bookstore and there it was. That's so, I'm cool. going to be ignorant and ask, what is that? Yeah. The book. <laughs> so, there was a book that came out. Uh, I think it was originally published in like 2011 called Ready Player One. It was a really good book. Uh, a number of years later, there was a movie. Spielberg directed a movie. The movie wasn't very, very good. Didn't like the movie that much, but the book was all right. The book was really good. Um, anyway, it's been yeah like ten years, and he's the guy's released a sequel to it, so uh, I'm excited to read it. Yeah, this book is pretty amazing. It's like a virtual world, um, and it, there's so many pop references to things in like the 80s, well, probably even 70s, 80s, 90s, yeah. of like gaming and comic books and things like that. Okay, I mean, I just do not know how the writer compiles such a big list yeah. of references to all these things I've never heard of before. So, like, maybe 10% of them I knew. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. There's um, all these movies and games. and Because the, the whole concept of the book was um, the world has gone to crap. And there is a... Um, so, like, you know, basically countries basi- almost don't exist. There's yeah. these cities and they're all, you know, a lot of, lot of violence and things. Yeah. And everyone's poor and no money and no food and whatnot. And um, everyone basically lives online in a yeah. virtual world to yeah. escape the reality of, of the real world. Mm. And so in that world, you know, it's kind of like a real video game. You kind of, yeah. you have an avatar, you walk around, but you wear haptic gloves, so you feel the world and see it and everyone lives online. Yeah. And um, the guy who invented it dies mm. and he sets an Easter egg in his game and the person that discovers it um, inherits his fortune, basically. And the book is about the quest to find that Easter egg. It's pretty epic. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like I might have to get this. Yeah. yeah. It's a really good book. It's pretty cool. The book's definitely better than the movie. Yeah. The audio book's pretty good too. Mm. But uh, yeah, this, anyway, the sequel came out today. I'm excited to read it. So that's my other thing. Even before I've read it, I'm giving it my other thing. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Looking forward to some updates. Yeah. I actually can't think of another thing. That's a bit sad, isn't it? Okay. No, I do have another thing. I've got a good one. Uh, Sweet Files sent me some beer. Ah, shout out to Sweet Files. That's my other thing. I got some craft beer from a um, software 
provider, Sweet Files. We use Sweet Files and we were on their panel uh, for the panel Accounting Business Expo the last week. Business Expo. Uh, shout out to Mo- uh, Sweet Molly. Sweet Molly. We call her Sweet Molly because she's from Sweet Files. And her so, name's Molly. Yes. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I got the beers and Dan got the chocolate. Yep. There was chocolate and beers in there. So And, uh, some, uh, and some Sweet Files swag. Yeah, that's pretty A shirt cool. each and a book. Their logo. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so just shout out to Sweet Files because, yeah, we've had Molly on, on the show before and uh, I like chocolate. I like beer. I think I made that obvious earlier in the Have show as well. Have you eaten it all? You've eaten it all. No, I ate a little bit and then uh, Kat sent me a picture just before. She found it in the cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> She's at home. She's got it like sprawled out in front of her. <laughs> nice. So there's not going to be any when you There'll be none left when I get back, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She'll enjoy it. Yeah. They're based in New Zealand, so it's like that good Whitaker's chocolate. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah. yeah. I might have to drop around on my way home. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's good. Yeah. 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 It just kind of came in a box with beer, chocolate, and then like a shirt. Yeah. And um, I don't drink beer. So we opened it up and the first thing said, all right, well, Tim, Tim beer, Dan chocolate. <laughs> yeah. We're easy, happy. Easy decision. <laughs> uh, how, about, how about you? Been uh, a- any book or movie or anything? Um, any, any recommendation music, to do with anything? TV show. Um, oh, geez, you put me on the spot here. <laughs> you don't have to um, have one. It's okay. No, I've just bought the new Matthew Riley book. Oh, yeah? What's it's, that? Um, author? Yeah, Matthew Riley. He, he does like well. the uh, spy books and things. Yeah, so yeah. it's a bit like a, a fantasy type. Mm. Um, it's all about like it's a fantasy action, mm. pretty much. Um, so I just finished The Four Kingdoms. Okay, yeah. Um, ah, yes. Which was the previous one. Yeah. And I think this one's like the three secret cities or something like that. So, oh, cool. Haven't started it yet, but yeah. when I found out about it four months ago, I put it on order and he picked <laughs> nice. it up last week. Nice. So, that's probably mine. That's yeah, cool. That's I haven't cool. read it yet, one. but he's well, always a good author. So, yeah. Nice. I, um, I've been trying to make my way through the Wheel of Time series. It's like a fantasy series and it's 14 books long, I think. I've read the first three in a row and now I've decided I'm going to deviate. I'm going to read a few other things and then come back to it and try and read it in like chunks of three. Yep. That's my goal. Nice. Hmm. Well, uh, we can all enjoy reading those things in between reading legislation updates from the government. <laughs> <so. laughs> we probably read as much legislation updates as I We have do. been this year. Yeah, yeah, this year, for the first time ever, I read the legislations before the, any summaries. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before the ATO released anything, I was like looking through legislation. So yeah. that was not fun. If they could hire like authors to write legislation, it'd be much more interesting. <laughs> well, they could do it like an audio book. Yeah, an audio book. <laughs> that way, when you drive to work, yeah. you can just listen to the new legislation. There's yeah. a real business in that. If they hear Stephen Fry to read out <laughs> legislation. <laughs> Part one. <laughs> Part one, it, it, A, paragraph three. It may accidentally put you to sleep. Yeah, time, yeah. So <laughs> probably not a good true. idea in theory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I always say. If there's insomniacs out there, just pull up some legislation and mm. you're going straight to sleep. <laughs> there's no way you can stay awake while reading that. <laughs> Cool. All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. If you want to get in touch with us, uh, Two Drunk Accountants and all the socials at Two Drunk Podcast at gmail.com. Shoot us an email. Uh, we did say that we're going to announce the drunkies categories this week, but I think that's going to be next week now. So stay tuned for that. Um, Josh, if they want to get in touch with you, where can they find you? Yeah, you can just jump onto our website, svpartners.com.au. Uh, I'm around Newcastle, Central Coast, Sydney. And emails just joshua.rob. R-O-B-B at svp.com.au. Nice. nice. Great there stuff. All right, everybody. Well, we will see you next week and calculate it.